Jennifer at No Label Brewery, and you're listening to Drink of Ages Radio Show with John Denman. Come out to No Label seven days a week and join us for some badass beers on tap. Don't forget to visit our website at nolabelbrew.com for all events happening at our brewery. Hope to see you soon. All right, everybody, ready for another Drink of Ages radio show? Uh, we're going to have a fun night tonight. From Backview Brewing Company, Barbie Harl is going to be our guest. And then the Badass Festival happening on Saturday night, the Bowie Elvis Fest. Uh, we're going to be talking with Sean Brennan and Mills McCoy. So everybody go get their six-pack because you're going to need more than, I don't know, five beers for this show. This is Drink of Ages. I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. Beer. This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, Luminary. John Denman. John Denman. Hi, this is Drink of Ages radio show. I'm John Denman. DJ Muskratch is a producer. We are hanging out here at Drink of Ages Pub 1005 Wall Drive. Stop by if you're in the area. Come have some pints with us. And uh, we've got a pretty full show, man. We're going to have a fun night today. It's been taking the last couple weeks off from the radio show for the holidays. And it, it was it was good little break. Uh, really didn't drink a whole lot of beers or anything. It was just a nice casual. I, I decided to remodel a bathroom. And that took a, mm. a majority of my time. What, what did you drink while you were remodeling the bathroom? You would think a lot. <laughs> Whatever it was. Uh, just because uh, one thing that I learned, and well, let me just go ahead and introduce everybody, our first guest for tonight's show, uh, Sean Brennan and Mills McCoy. Um, they do a lot of different stuff around town, but uh, one of the cool things that's coming up is a Bowie Elvis Fest, and it's going to be happening uh, Saturday. So, Saturday over at the Continental Club. It has been going on for a while, and a lot of people know what this is all about, but. Uh, if you have never been, you definitely want to get your tickets to this and go enjoy the show. And we'll definitely I mean, we'll go through all the bands, the lineups, what people are going to expect. Because, I mean, it's a block party. It's, it's a whole... It's two clubs, uh, two stages. It's Continental Club, Big Top. And if you're familiar with that uh, club, they have the Pachinko Hut um, backyard. And that's like the connector of the two doors. Um, so it's about as good as I think you can put it together in a small club, beginning of the year, kind of uh, microfest style. Would you agree, Mills? I think it's an, the most epic birthday party of all time. <laughs> it is. Every year. Funny enough, I think we're recording this right now on Bowie and Elvis's birthday. On their birthday. Yeah, that's right. Cheers to them, right? Cheers, Cheers. absolutely. Cheers to them. So we're going to be listening to a lot of Bowie and Elvis throughout the show. Oh, awesome. So much in, in and out of the breaks and all, you know, the good stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. It's a lot to pick from. But it's funny that, that you guys, you know, decided that, hey, you know, they're having the same birthday because, of course, two different music styles, two different types of people and all yeah. that stuff. So mm-hmm. it, it brings together a very fun clientele of people hanging out at this. Multi-generational also. Um, what I've, the Elvis fans are about anywhere from 5 to maybe 20 years older than the Bowie crowd. And yeah. both of those crowds are both older than I and some of our uh, fan base. 
So I like to think of it as a one of the only shows in Houston to where 21-year-olds and 81-year-olds dance together. That's true. Yeah. Um, and these old cats definitely know how to Oh, run. they know how to get down. They know yeah. how to get down. Yeah. And they know and, how to put these costumes together as well. Uh, yeah. and, and they come from two different camps. Like totally. Elvis, very rhinestone, and uh, David Bowie, very glitter. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah. Really, it's just glitter and rhinestone to me are the same things done different ways. Yeah, like Would you agree? several pieces of glitter equal a rhinestone. <laughs> Shiny, like one of the one of the one of the yeah. molecules of both work in Vegas, yeah. and both could end up on your face and your pillow mm-hmm. at Vegas at the same time. At the same time, yeah. totally. Or the strip club. <laughs> or the strip club. <laughs> yeah, that's where you got it. How did it get on All your face? Of, <laughs> really, yeah. anywhere in Vegas. Yeah. 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 Uh, but we there's burlesque, there's live music. We also have a um, a chef from town always come out and do a Bowie and Elvis sandwich. Um, the Elvis is a uh, peanut butter, banana, yeah, honey classic. kind of fried sandwich, and the Bowie is a uh, mayonnaise, ham, Dijon mustard with an egg on it, and. Um, she did some research on what Bowie's favorite sandwich yeah. was. Yeah. And they make homemade chips right there, too. And you get like a little combo Bowie and Elvis sandwich while you're there, too. So we've even thought about the food. Come hungry, people. Man, I don't, that Elvis sandwich uh, sounds like it's going to knock you out. Yeah. Uh, it's not good for business. That, that was like the later, later days of Elvis. Yeah, uh, don't, don't, don't eat it in the bathroom. Don't yeah, eat that in the bathroom. Funny enough, I, I heard a story recently from Rudy Rudiger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the Notre Dame um, Rudy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he worked the uh, Notre Dame campus and worked the shows there. Apparently, and Elvis uh, played Notre Dame back in the day, and this was when Elvis had taken on the weight. Apparently, mm. which he was very self conscious of. If um, if you research it a bit, and apparently Rudy. Got him a boxing Notre Dame shirt, met Elvis, and handed it to him when he came up right before the show. And after he passed away, Rudy ran into Elvis's brother, and Elvis's brother said he wore that shirt for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> so Rudy he, like Rudy died the next day or uh, something years later, but maybe not too many. But in the end, um, in this article that I read about Rudy, he was very Forrest Gump. Oh, this yeah. guy had had these like moments of legendary greatness. Yeah, and one of his stories was the story of when he met Elvis. I like that. That's his story. Yeah, I know. Like, we've got a whole movie about oh, him. Yeah. He has the story about giving Elvis a T-shirt. Yeah. Post Rudy, by the way, a lot of people are on the "I love Rudy" or "I hate Rudy" fence. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. He's supposedly one of the guys that would uh, catch a 12-inch bass and tell you it was 24. Okay. So there was questionable. So anyone. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. That's, that's my I know entire a lot family. Of people like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, the same truth, thing as golf. Yeah. The truth yeah, never yeah. gets in the way of a good story, right? So I think there were the people that like knew Rudy and were like, hey, that guy's like blowing smoke up your chimney type guy. Right. And then there's the rah, rah, rah Rudys. And, and there's no in between, by the way, in the, Notre, in the East Lansing area. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know when the movie's on, it's one of those that you just end up watching. Oh, oh dude, yeah. no doubt. I've actually sure. I have two young boys, and I kind of look forward to that one day to 
watch Rudy with him. You pass know? it on, you know, pass yeah. the torch. Yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, it's not uh, Bowie Elvis Rudy Fest. It's, no, it's Bowie not. Elvis Fest. Yeah, that would be something. Oh, man. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. <laughs> that would be, that would be that his would part. Be yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a... Uh, my mom was a big Elvis fan, and like, David Bowie was never really played around my house. My mom listened to Elvis. My dad listened to Alabama. So yeah, that was nice. a, yeah. that's what you it's know. A good foundation. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty yeah. solid. And so you know, as I got a little older, it's like ah, David Bowie. I know. Guy makes yeah. some good music. No, it's definitely putting together two legends of music, of course, and having one badass Saturday night. Yeah, it up doors open at seven. It's we always try to do it the closest like Saturday to the eighth as possible. Yeah. Only I think one or two times it actually has landed on the actual eighth itself. Um, you know, so and but it's kinda like the first party in Houston of the year. You know what I mean? If you will. That's what it feels like yeah. to me, yeah. You know what I mean? It's January, you just did the whole holiday. Ugh. You partied hard on New Year's. You made these resolutions, you're planning on breaking resolutions. Yeah. All these expectations yeah. for yourself. No. You've already Cast laid yourself by this time you've already yeah. laid yourself down, so yeah. let's go drink and enjoy let's some go music. Elvis and Bowie ourselves. We really embrace the rock and roll sin at this thing. Um, there's a little bit of burlesque there mm-hmm. uh, in a very tasteful, beautiful way with the Dim Dam Dames. Mm-hmm. And they mix, they actually sing and do their show in between one of the sets at Continental Club. And it's so epic, dude. So I it's don't a know. crowd pleaser. Bowie Elvis Fest happening around Con- uh, Continental Club Saturday, 7 p.m. Tickets are available uh, at the door. At the door yeah, online uh, well, right now. Well, I would say this. Um, Yes, the answer is true to that. Uh, we have sold out the last two years. Um, and I say that because I always like people to experience it. And for the last like four or five years, if you get there about 8 or 8.30, um, no lie, every year there's been a line out the door. So, and they eventually start like two people come out and two people go in. So I would say buy your ticket in advance for sure. Okay. Yeah. Just to make sure you do get access. But just note, if you can't get there at 7, 8, or 9, it goes to 1 a.m. And we tier the ticket price if the door opens back up a little bit down if you don't get the same amount of music as somebody there at 7. We just want everyone to rock and roll with us. You know what I mean? It's a good plan. There's a little bit of a preservation of rock and roll through this festival that we try to implement because what I've noticed being in the music business and being in the Houston market is that as these other genres evolve, people really still want to rock. Yeah. I mean, it's a real thing, dude. And, um, and I do, too. I mean, and I love everything. I'll go to a gospel show. I'll listen to some R&B. I love soul. I'll dig on reggae. I love singer-songwriter. I'll go to the Mucky Duck. I'll go to the, all these spots that, that offer these different types of genres within Houston. But, man, when you really go out there and you feel rock and roll, there's nothing like it. And we kind of do this little thing to honor two rock gods to preserve rock and roll in a way. And I think it's working. Mills? I well, think it works. Yeah, it's lasted. Too long for a guitar solo. Lasted this long and still selling year. out. So mm-hmm. 11th year, 11th and year. hopefully it'll just continue going and growing. So Yeah. Started at Avant Garden or Helios back then. Helios, the day. Yeah. yeah. That was a good spot. That was oh, a lot man. of fun. Yeah. Uh, website. 
Um, you know, if you ever want to go learn a little bit of what Splice Records does, uh, and we do multiple things around town, around Texas, it's Splice, S-P-L-I-C-E, records, TX.com. So you can kind of look at our calendar, see what we're doing. Bowie Elvis Fest and River Revival are our two signature events, but we've created a couple more festivals, um, and we're actually about to launch another one called Zen Fest. Mm-hmm. That's going to be its first year. It's kind of like a pilot micro fest, about 300 people that we're going to camp on the Guadalupe River in the first weekend of April. Coming up. No marketing, whisper campaign. We say it on a mic. (laughs) Nobody's listening, so your secret is safe with us. Yes. Don't tell anybody. But it's our new kind of piloted festival that we're going to do um, in April 3rd through 5th on uh, River Road called Zenfest. And we're not going to uh, truly like drop it until after Boyle's Fest. But this is one to where um, we'll be embracing nature in the very beginning of spring, and have which is like owning the Guadalupe River, if you will, because it's a little bit on the fringe of hot and cold. Um, to where you kind of test yourself a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you get in the river, maybe not. But we will totally be one of the only people on, on the, the Guadalupe River. River, and it's we can be as loud as we want. Stuff that we've done before, but uh, very Zen-like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hence Zen Fest. Zen Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could probably make Stay that. Stay in one. touch with us, though, man. And there's some movers and shakers that are involved in Spice, and the only thing we're really trying to do is promote the good vibes of Houston, and, and we're very in line with what you do, John. Yeah, I appreciate um, that. Yeah, and. Um, we're proud of the city. I'm a Houstonian myself, and I've always thought of the city as a place where people know how to party. There's been a few good ones. <laughs> yes, we've got it. Yeah, there's been a couple. Yeah, there's been, yeah several. <laughs> yeah. There was a Super Bowl, I think, in the 70s that got out of hand. <laughs> That's yeah. what they say. Yeah. yeah. So we're just trying to like make sure that, I don't know, within the grand scheme of Texas, Houston sometimes seems to be the bronze medal or honorable mention city. Oh, I disagree, oh, whatever. Man. We're the yeah, Manhattan we're, of Texas. Well, we're, we're winning. We're too winning. busy being awesome at every, at holding yeah, the remainder exactly. of the state together. Yeah, I agree, but yeah. maybe we don't get our fair due, right? Yeah, but yeah, I, I think we're I think we're taking we're the fine. lead. We're coming up. I'm digging that. Yeah, we're fine. Rock and roll. With festivals like Bowie that. Elvis Fest and all these other Hello. things happening. Yeah. Yeah. We used to do it in Austin. We've done it in Austin the last yeah. four years. Not this year. No. Because you know why? The Houston one kicks way more ass than the other one. Not surprising. Sean Mills, appreciate you guys coming and hanging out. Drink up, people. Good time uh, having some pints with you guys. Good to catch up again. And Bowie Elvis Fest tomorrow night. Go out there, get your ticket online, and join them, man. It's going to be a party. I'll see you guys out there. Rock and roll. Come say hi. Yeah. All right, when we get back, we're going to talk with Bobby Harrell from Back Pew Brewing Company and talk some beers and, I don't know, or wherever. I don't even think we finished what we first started talking about, but <laughs> I'm going to get another beer. This is Drink of Ages. Houston, this is Jared Montgomery, brewmaster at Megaton Brewery. If you have not heard of us, we're a new brewery in Kingwood. Come check out our air-conditioned tap room. 
Enjoy our free play arcade games, air hockey, pool table, outdoor patio games, and of course food trucks all weekend. Try our tasty brews or grab a pint of our favorite beers made by our friends across the great state of Texas. Megaton serves wine as well. Our tap room is open Friday and Saturday and beginning September 8th, we are open noon to six for football season. Find us on Facebook for hours, events, and special beer releases. Thanks so much. Spindle Tap is one of Houston's fastest growing craft breweries. From the highly sought after hazy IPAs to its year-round core beers, Boomtown Blonde, Honey Hole, Hop Gusher, 5% Tint, and Houston Haze. Available at retailers all around Houston and surrounding areas. Stop by one of the nicest air-conditioned tap rooms in Houston, Thursday through Sunday, conveniently located 8 miles north of downtown off 59 in Little York. Come hungry and try some of our award-winning barbecue and wood-fire pizza from Texas. Go visit our website at SpindleTap.com and give us a like on Facebook. This is Drink of Ages Radio Show, and uh, John Denman talking, DJ Muscratch, putting all the music in, doing all the editing for the show, the producer, on the ones and twos, playing the zeros and ones, the zeros, zeros and ones, I guess at this point, these days, it's zeros and ones, no more ones and twos, yeah. I mean, he, he does the old school way. It's true. If you if you ever see him in person, you'll know that it's not just some dude pulling up YouTube, which is what a lot of DJs do. Uh, he actually has records. He actually is going to play them. So, you know, full deal. Uh, our guest on this segment from Backpeak Brewing Company, Bobby Harrell. Good friend. Hello. Yeah, so. It's been a while. It's it, good it, to be back. It has been a little while. Uh, I think the last show was over at Onion Creek. It was. That we it did. was. And I was and, talking and, to Gunner. Gunner. Uh, dished out on us. He did. He did. I was talking to him earlier. He's like, hey, man, we're doing another show. I'm like, hey, guess what? Bobby's coming to hang out at my place this time. I am a big fan of tequila, right? I really do like tequila. Are you a sipper, a shooter? What are you? What are you? Well, I used to be a shooter until I, I learned like how to drink so. tequila. Okay. And... Now this was I was in my in my early twenties and so it took some time. Kelly and I, yeah, because it was always just like, oh, how fast can we drink this bottle of tequila? And it's like shot, shot, shot. So Kelly wasn't like, no, 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 you need to like learn how this is done. No, so we were in Mazatlan. Ah, ooh, and okay. we were sitting on the beach, you know, just having drinks and all this stuff, hanging out. And I'm like, I'm gonna go get us a couple more, couple beers. So I get up. Because, you know, I, I suntan very well. So yeah. I was working on my suntan. It's important for those of us of the fair skin uh, breed to, to be out there in the sun. you got to take some breaks every once in a while from the sun. So I get up and I'll walk I up to the bar. And I was like, you know, I was like, uh, dos cerveza and uno tequila. Yeah, you know, my bad Spanish. And he's like, sits down. I two beers and a shot of tequila. And I just take it and I down the tequila. And I grab the two beers and walk back to Kelly. And this guy that was sitting here, super tan, pretty heavy set man, older gentleman, probably in his 60s, wearing a red Speedo. He's just sitting there without even looking up. See what I did? He goes, that's not how you drink tequila. Goes, All right. Show me how to drink tequila. And an hour later, Kelly comes up <laughs> like, hey, where's my beer? And I'm like, I need to introduce you to my new friend. We've been sipping tequilas for the last hour. And that's a, he's like, no, you got to enjoy the tequila. I mean, and, and ever since then, 
Uh, don't get me wrong. I'll take shots of a lot of stuff. But there's also a time where you just pour a good tequila and you just, just sit there and sip on it just like you do a bourbon or anything else. You know, and, and, that, and that's how actually my understanding, uh, given that I, I don't make it, is that that's how it's intended. Um, it's actually meant to be a sipping-based beverage um, that, that is ba- and it's typically barrel-aged. Um, and so, uh, you know, anything that I can tell you I say on this show uh, about tequila is a novice uh, white guy's opinion of tequila. Uh, my understanding of it, I understand what they want you to do with it, um, but it, typically what I see happens with it is, is a very different animal. But that, that is what it, it actually is, because, I mean, you think about it, it comes from a very unique plant. Um, in terms of the fermentable sugars, all that stuff, it's, it's a very, it has a lot of uh, history around it. It's actually, you know, a lot of anybody who's from Mexico is pretty proud of it, and, and they should be because it's it's a very specific thing to the area. You can only um, make tequila in true. an area of Mexico. You can have you can have the añejo uh, fermented spirits outside of that, but if it's not produced in Mexico, it is not tequila. Period. End of paragraph. And so it's actually gotten contentious here lately. Um, talking to some guys of mine who are distillers, like, oh, I want to make tequila, and like, no, uh, tough, tough. Sh- like you can you make can it make a Nejo like spirit, a mez. Yeah. We can't even make a mezcal, a proper mezcal. No, you, could, you yeah. can't. And so, and they, and they get upset about. It. They're like, "Why not? Are where do you, are you located? Anywhere outside of Mexico? The answer is no. Can you make and champagne? That, that that's. I mean, I don't know why this is like that can't weird because that either. for a long time the French have like, oh no no no, hey you're Italian, that's nice. You know, call it prosecco, like that's great. Um, and so this isn't like a very strange concept, but it is contentious. It turns out. Yeah, it's it's and this guy, this guy in the red speedo, this very big man who did he have was was he well groomed? Because if he's in a speedo, I would imagine he might be like he overcoming. never he barely even looked over at me though for the whole hour. He so just he told the bartender okay. like what tequilas he wanted and which one you know, and then he's like you know you sipped a tequila and we sipped it and we talked about each tequila. And he just kind of, and in all honesty, I probably like walked right, t- turned back, and he was gone. You know, it, it might not have even existed. But he was actually telling you, Kelly, <laughs> telling you, like, where is my beer? Where is my like, beer? No, no, no. I, the bartender keep giving me drinks. I don't know. We found some peyote, and I'm just <laughs> 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 and I met this man. Went in Mexico. Went in Mexico, but no, that, but that's that's when I was like, okay, man, you know what? Let's actually because. Be, You've got your top shelf tequilas that really aren't even top shelf tequilas, and then you have True. these tequilas, behind, like, yeah. exactly that are so good and so delicious. Um, so yeah, just sit there, just low cubi, same thing, and just sit and just sit back and sip tequilas. It's nice to always try something different. If you haven't tried sipping tequilas, you certainly should. Because if you think that all that exists in this world is like Jose Cuervo, you should really try some different tequilas. That coming from a guy who I've tried a lot of other tequilas just doesn't fit my flavor palette. I appreciate them. They're awesome. But you should definitely try it. Don't just assume that everything is a shooting tequila that the bartender gives you when you were 21. And they were you were like, I want tequila shot. And they're like, excellent. And they're like, what's the cheapest thing I can give you? It may have been Everclear. You don't know yet. Um, give it a shot because it is actually really cool. Um, it, it's worthwhile like understanding like, okay, that flavor, I love it, I hate it. Whatever the case may be, it's not a margarita. Same thing goes with rum. Rum Rum's actually can get pretty spooky. Rum yes. can get more spooky yeah. than you might think. It's not, you know, especially with the, like, you know, they go up to like seven, uh, five, seven, 12-year-old age stuff, and those are much more complex than your typical just like, you know, Bacardi, like clear, spirit, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and so it's worth giving that a shot as well. 
We were we were in Belize, uh, I don't know, sometime this summer, hanging out. And the place that we stayed over by Guatemala was, we stayed with this German guy. And it was his property. We had a little cabin in the back of, in the jungle. And Is he a Nazi? Yeah, it, it was, it was, what? what? A Nazi? Nazi? No? Well, I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> he had a, his name was Peter. He had a really thick, I mean, he was, he was, German, we're sober, you know, I could look at him and understand him, but as we drink rum, because every night, he's like, John, come drink rum with me, and because we hit it off for some reason, and everybody else scattered to their he cabins, yes. and he it's and amazing. I sat back and just drank rum, and sipped on rum, and he, had, I don't even know what rum he had, you know, because it's uh, Central America and stuff, but it was so good, and, and the same thing, you know, you sit there and sip all these different rums and enjoy them, not just put them in a blender. Well, keep in mind, we put them in a blender because the base spirit itself is not that good. Uh, you know, um, frozen strawberry concentrate plus, plus rum can be pretty good, but that's because the rum is terrible. Um, and that's where when you, when, you get outside, when you get outside the rest of the world, the interesting thing is keep in mind that we as Americans, as much as we like to pride ourselves on a lot of things, we are adolescents when it comes to drinking. The French, the Germans, the the British. I mean, like most of these. I mean, if you go to like India, no, they can't drink today. And, and but they've been drinking for a long time. They're professionals. They understand this, and they also understand what good and bad is. And so they look at us and they laugh at us because we we, we don't even get it. They're like, why can't you drink till you're 21? They, they still don't even. They, that's like a. It, you bring that up with them, and they can't even comprehend the idea that why. What's the problem? Like, why can't you drink when you're, you know, like 18, 16? What's the age barrier? And so it is interesting to see the differences that that occur there. And I think that it actually impacts both the the the, the type of spirit that's being made, the type of spirit that's being consumed, largely in those areas. I mean, I mean, yeah, we talk about Bacardi and funny things like that, but it's actually real because that's all you get access to. And you're like, no, that's what you do. Yeah. And then you got outside the you got outside the U.S. are like, no, that's the stupidest thing you could possibly do. That's crap. Like that's that's not good. I mean, in high school, you're walking with some McCormick, some Juarez, <laughs> yeah, the good stuff. Anything in a plastic jug Anything so I don't crack jug. it. I don't want to break this. I just spent my $21 on it because I'm 23. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just 17. like having a tough time tonight, and I'm a little low on cash. El Imador or whatever that tequila was. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Flashing back. And I, then, then it got to a point where it was it was like, oh, that's just like for margaritas. No, we stood, well, this tequila is for, you know, shots. It's like, no, 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 no. That is never for anything to drink. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's stuff. No one should ever consume this. So this is for headaches. Yes. And, uh, and then this will be for everything else. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you have to go through Well... The uh, well, that, that's the thing that I learned about gin as I got older because I never liked gin. Oh, and up until as white as you are, I would assume so. You would think that I would yeah, enjoy I, gin. I, I, you can look at me and assume, and you're well, correct with me. So that's why I have over the last probably six to seven years, maybe eight years, I really liked gin. I like something's changed where I was like, I like I like the flavor of gin. I like the juniper. I like the uh, I just. I don't know. It's something a something floral happened. Ba- floral basket, the big is like floral it. basket. Yeah, yeah. And that's you hear that, ladies. That, he likes the big floral basket. So just in case you're wondering, he what to not, give not me the for little one, uh, my but, birthday? But I mean, like the full on <laughs> floral basket plus the juniper. Bring me the floral baskets. <laughs> it's, it's, just, just put, put it out there. Don't hide it. Don't, hide don't it. be afraid. Don't be afraid. Oh man. Uh, I think we're talking about baskets. <laughs> I don't know. I, 
don't know. I'm still I'm still thinking about beer, but uh, you know, I I just can't, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I'm pretty sure we talked about a lot of other things. You know, uh, Jen. Uh, but to tie it all kind of to, together with with beer is, you know, just talk about like barrel aging, right? So yeah. uh, a lot of beers work well, of course, in bourbon barrels. Very few work well in tequila barrels because the flavors just kind of can really not make a beer taste good. You get flavor mismatch, you get some thinning, you have some oxidation problems. Uh, depending upon the type of spirit, the type of barrels, keep in mind what's uh, optimal for the spirit is not always optimal for the beer. Um, and so it, it becomes complex, and that's where some fun things, like so let, let, let's use, for instance, like the, the number one barrel-aged beer, I would say, and you could, I, I'd like to hear your, your confirmation or contention on this, uh, bourbon barrel-aged stout. That is the number one. The barrel. If you're gonna barrel age a beer, an imperial stout in a bourbon barrel is the number one thing people are looking for. That right? is that is that is a very good marker. Is but a, it but it works. Yes, the bourbon works well with a big like complex stout. It can be silky. Can be this. Can be that. Right. Now you start. Let, let's just go. Let's 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 switch the spirit entirely. Let's go to wine barrels. So you go to wine barrels. Well, what's the primary thing there? It's not gonna be a stout. It's usually going to be a saison, probably going to have some Britannomyces, lactobacillus, maybe get a little funky, get a little sour. Um, it's going to change the palate for what it matches with with that spirit. Um, usually going to be wider red wine, not nothing necessarily crazy, but you know whether you want it drier, whether you want some more roundness to it, there's that. Now you're talking about the auxiliary spirits, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm talking your your rums, you're talking your, um, your, your tequilas, things like mm-hmm. that. It's fun. But when you finally get that spirit, what happens? Um, you get that beer that was aged in that. It just seems weird. So I've had some tequila barrel-aged stuff. Some rum barrel-aged can work with big stouts. That actually can mm-hmm. work pretty well. Um, well, that sweetness from the rum. You, get, you really pull that back out. Definitely. So you have to start with a drier stout, a more robust, roasty stout. But um, when, you, you know, when you're thinking about it, combining those flavors gets to be a little bit tougher. Um, and I find one of the biggest problems is that it, it thins it out. And so you get this thing, you're like, oh, man, that, that stout was really good. Maybe I had that base stout. It was really creamy, really, really full of texture. And it just thins it out because of the alcohol. And that becomes a problem because, the, you know, the texture on the palate is a huge deal. That's why I don't like low-carb IPAs. I think there's a, like, is there, does anybody remember the nitro IPA craze back uh, a couple, like two, three years ago? I'm glad it's not still around. It's not still around, but the problem was carbonic acid, which is created by CO2 in your stomach, it plays a big part in the way of IPA is perceived on the palate um, versus nitro, which is essentially a quote-unquote flat beer. You can't see my air quotes, but I'm going to put them on the radio as air quotes. Um, flat uh, beer, which it is. It essentially is, is flat. You don't get that bitter bite, and it doesn't balance out the IPA correctly. Similar to what some, happens seemingly with some of these other spirit barrel-aged products, where you don't get that correct, like full body basis that you're looking for. The flavors are good, but it doesn't support it all. It's like a, it's like an upside down pyramid. It's weird, and it's not. I'm not saying the guys who do it do it poorly. I'm just saying that it's hard to do because it's. I, I think it's because of the spirit. But, yeah, some things just should not work. <laughs> it, it, it just doesn't come together. It doesn't come together well. Yeah, the there was one uh, Odell made. Oh, what what beer was that? It was a Pell that they did on Nitro, and that's the only one that I've ever tried that it was like, I could drink this, but I would rather just have a Pell You'd rather have a t- typical CO2? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it just yeah. was. I mean, it was just much better. You were missing that little bit of bite, a little bit of carbonic acid just to round it out. And that, that's, that was my whole feeling on that, but 
but it, just the kind of like the idea, I guess, was the same. Is that sometimes you're like, oh, I would like these two things to combine, but when you do it in practice, it's really hard to bring together to make it a full thing. Um, you could do it, um, but did it really work out? And uh, oh, a lot of things can be done, but should they be done? That's <laughs> It's a it's a it's a common theme in science. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like you can do that, but does anybody need does that? Does anybody really it? need that? Uh, maybe want it, but do we need to do this? Oh, uh, I know what I need right now. I need another beer. <laughs> so, ah. Let's take a break. Uh, we get back. We'll talk more with Bobby from Backview. This is Drink of Ages Radio Show. Are you thinking of buying, selling, or renting a house? Let my good friend Amber Sear with Stanfield Properties help with all your real estate needs. She is your real estate connection. Amber is a second-generation real estate agent and holds herself to the highest ethical standards. She is a member of the National Association of Realtors, Texas Association of Realtors, and Houston Association of Realtors. Work with a knowledgeable native Houstonian who I know well and I trust. Whether buying, selling, or renting, Contact Amber Sear from Sandfield Properties. Her email address is amberseer.realtor at gmail.com. That's ambercyr.realtor at gmail.com. Or call her at 832-715-5455. Again, that's 832-715-5455. All right, if you guys need anything like some shirts, some merch, some stickers, uh, from koozies to any of that stuff, whether you're a brewery, a distillery, or yeah, you just have a business you want to get started and get your brand out there, man. You need to talk to my buddy Rodney Campbell over at Cask Branding. He can take care of you with your glassware. Your, I mean, like I said, he makes all of our shirts here at Drink of Ages. He does a lot of stuff for a lot of people around Houston. So reach out for CaskBranding.com, Rodney Campbell, and tell him that you heard on Drink of Ages, and man, he'll take care of you. This is Drink of Ages Radio Show. Hanging out here at Drink of Ages Club, 1005 Wall Drive. Man's out and about, enjoying some good times, Ubering around, man, listening to the show. Come by, have some pints with us. DJ Muskrash producer, I'm John Denman. Our guest now, I mean, we're still talking with Bobby Harrell from Back Pew Brewing Company. And I mean, why wouldn't you stop by? I mean, just out of curiosity, I, I would like for somebody to like tell us why, like, oh no, I don't want to stop there because, because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, so do you hate fun? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, if you do, like, okay, like, then maybe you're not the one to stop by there. Yeah, you, you yeah. probably shouldn't stop. There's by a few other bars down the street fun. you can go stop at if you don't want to have fun. Uh, no, man, it's, it's, uh, yeah, we're over in Montrose, so really easy to get to. 32 beers on tap. Well, actually, no, I take that back. We have 30 beers on tap because we have some Spindle Tap cold brew coffee, which is always useful. A little cold brew shot. Well, it's always nice at the end of the night if you're like, oh, man, I may have had one too few beers, mm-hmm. but I feel like I may have had one too many beers. And if I stay here and have one of these, have a little I cold will brew coffee, mellow out. Then grab a hot dog off the roller. I mean, so I can tell you, as somebody who tried to emulate what happens here, I wanted to get a hot dog roller for the brewery. Oh, I yeah. wanted to. I what I got was a hot dog warmer. 
These are two very different things. The roller rolls it to perfection to where the whole hot dog is warm and there's a bun, you have a bun drawer, which I think is brilliant. Mine is like this weird thing where it just keeps it hot after I guess somebody's cooked. Hot dogs have been cooked long before we got them. Mm. I mean, you don't have to like cook a hot dog. Hot dogs are good to go cold. And yes, all of you, you know that. Don't act like, oh, I, I eat the Nathan. Nathan's is good to go. You just pull that out of the fridge, you, you can eat that. It's better when it's been cooked, but yeah. And so I was really bummed out when that's what we got. But now I just have one. It's brilliant. It's always good. So again, don't come here if you don't want to have a good time. I can't argue that. Not uh, bad policy. Pretty much 90% of the time when I come to Drink of Ages, I have a good time. Until, you know, that a couple times a month that I actually have to sit down and pay bills and do all the business side of Drink of Ages. But we all have to do that. So you just kind of accept it. Um, you, know, you, put on, you put on your cheaters and uh, you put a butt plug in. You just, you just go to town. And just you go. Just, you just, you just and how many offices can you sit there and be like, you know, I'm going to pour a beer and I'm going to get busy? Those are my not many that I know, uh, <laughs> not even my own, because I have a strict no drinking policy. I know that's weird to hear from a brewer, but that's that's the way it goes until we are done for the day. That's until just, done for the day, that's, that's where it comes because uh, you know there's just too many things I could mess up in the meantime. Uh, and we're not going to mess up the beer. Sense. Speaking of which, can I talk a little bit about the new beers that I brought? Not yet. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> right, we're going to talk about those later. In the meantime, we'll talk about taxes. Yeah, let's talk about taxes for a little bit. No, oh, let's not no, talk let's about not taxes. Talk about taxes <laughs> yeah, never mind. It's, it's change, change, long of, time. Let's change, change of plans. No, let, let, yeah, let's talk about wow, beer that was for a little bit. Like that was like you know, quarter second mile car it didn't even like pass the finish line yet, and we were like, nope, abort, nope. abort. NASA's like, oh f- boys, we gotta get out of here. Uh, yeah, let's not let's Pull not that talk cord. about that. Um, and if you're listening, no, we didn't mention taxes at all, IRS or to, you know, any of the other entities that collect yes, taxes. Yes, we paid them. We they're all paid up. They're all paid up. Just keep the doors unlocked, and uh, well, it'll make it easier to pay you. Look in the payway. They just closed <laughs> down a facility. I know, man. I was really hoping that we were going to get some kind of food establishment. Yeah, it was like a good sandwich shop. They even take a good pizza shop, you know, or something like that. I called because, like, you know what? Let's expand Drink of Ages. Take in half, have a little outdoor area, you That'd know, right. patio and all that. And be they're right. like, nope, Frost Bank coming in. Like so for those of you who like bank at Frost Bank, what you can do is go in, start a deposit, come over to Drink of Ages Pub, have a beer, finish your deposit later, drink more beer at Drink of Ages Pub, because you can go to the ATM and get cash, and then you have a good day. I mean, that's a pretty solid plan. That's, that's it. That's there's, there's well, that's, that's the end of the plan. It's the whole day. strip center works out well because you can... Get a massage now. Now, which we need to do. I think next uh, I segment think next that we do, yeah. we have a massage while. So basically, I think that we need to be getting a massage I'm while. I'm still not 100 percent sure, like what kind of massage place it is. So well, let's find out together on the air. <laughs> we can, we, I think and DJ we're going to learn a lot watch. about each other. Right. I think. Yeah, I don't know if he likes that, but I don't know if there's much to watch. <laughs> we don't know yet. We'll find out. Stay tuned to uh, the after hours segment of Drink of Ages. <laughs> Here's from uh, 1.30 a.m. to 3 o'clock. Bobby and John, get a massage. <laughs> what kind of massage? Oh, hi, it hurts. It burns. Why should, why should it burn? Why does that burn? It's not supposed to burn. Uh, we have fuel next door. You know, good, healthy, good, good nice food. Healthy food place, you know, stay yeah, in shape. Uh, Good smoothies. I mean, fuel helped build Drink of Ages because we would show up. 
Mighty Early Seamus, Dead Rabbits uh, Seamus. singer. And I, uh, we pretty much rebuilt this whole bar. And so we had a couple Irish guys, may have had a little bit the night before. So we show up a little like, Whew, rough. Get a smoothie next door, build a bar. Worked out great. It did. It did. And it's, it's gone through several iterations, I would say. There was the John took over the bar. Mm. Then there was the John redid the bar. And then there was the now. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, like so there was the whole like remember the whole upstairs area. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Like that was a whole thing. And remember the old the old growler machines? Yes. When you first took over it, they're the still crazy Russian growler machines. Yeah, they're on top of the cooler right now. Anybody want one? I've got them. Yeah. Uh, if you need something for your library that lights up, <laughs> if you need a piece, yeah, historical were they, piece. Were they from Russia? I believe they are. Yeah. I, I think so. They, they, so these were very specifically designed growler filling counter pressure growler filling things and so you could take anything off like with a 30 tap wall mm-hmm. and fill that growler with it but, i mean you have to admit though bobby they were it was attractive when they first when oh, growlers first opened it was, up it was amazing it was it was like a it was like nasa <laughs> when you walk in it was like a science lab and yeah they were really cool but yeah what's, what's interesting is that we found out that co2 is heavier than air and so filling a, gra- a crowler off of a tap works j- uh, roughly as well, depending yeah. upon your consumption rate. It turns out most people drink that right away. And so unless you plan on taking a 64-ounce pour and turning it into a very long 4-ounce-per-day kind of issue, um, you're probably going to be all right. Which I really don't know anybody who wanted to fill up a growler and then be like, I'm going to sell her this for a year. They, yeah. they existed. Like, especially for, like, rare kegs. Come on, man. You remember back in the day, like, oh, I can't believe you have this keg. I would like a, cra- a, a gra- you know, a growler Yeah, of it but I, I, I would never try to hold on to that for, like, a year. But I, people would. do that. You, were, I, but there, you there's, the there's, folks who did, and, uh, and there's nothing against them. But, they, you know, it would be a big deal. And so that was an excellent execution of that. And I think that's one thing that the um, availability of great craft beer has changed. Um, to where people don't have to worry about that anymore, which is a good thing. Yes. I don't think I don't think you should have had to worry about like having that kind of good good high quality beer that often to like salvage that little bit of beer and like try to try to skimp it out over a longer period of time. Instead, you should be like, "That's great. I want to drink it now and drink the shit out of it." And then when it's gone, you're like, "Okay, cool. What what else do I have that's great?" And you can drink that because now that availability should be there. I well, I mean, six years ago, uh, six, seven years ago, whenever they there. opened up. It wasn't. Yeah, there was nothing like that. And now you can go to any grocery store and get a six-pack of back pew, you you can, know, you, for you, example. You get, uh, but you can get Really that, good beers. But, I mean, it, it's, just, it's just really, it, it is amazing how the times have changed. But I just, you know, it's funny because we're, we're so involved in it. We think, like, well, who, would, who would do that? But you have to think back. Like, I mean... Back when getting a barrel aged stat was a huge deal. I mean, it was on. You're like, oh, I'll take like three growlers of it. And people used to do that because and that would drain half the keg, and people come in to have like a, a snifter of it. Like, oh, sorry, we're out. It, that was that was a real deal. I remember chasing keg. You know, this is going to sound really funny, but you know, you're like, oh, Bourbon County's out. Like, I'd like I'd like to have yeah. a small sip of it. Oh, sorry, everywhere in town's out because there was only four kegs allocated to all of Houston. And uh, everybody drank it, or I sold like eighteen like growlers. Yep. That you know, okay. Well, I guess I'll try it next year. Um, that was a thing. Now this year, it's probably still in the shelves right now. Um, it's just a, it's just an evolution of times. Well, let's uh, 
I, I'm about to refill a beer. Bobby, yeah, thank you very much. Bring in these two little pony kegs, uh, two new beers that you guys have that yep. you made. Uh, I've been sipping on the... You were mutton busting last, I think. The, mutton the, busting. Yeah. So, so we did two beers for the rodeo. And that's what we were coming here to talk about. Um, the mutton busting was on the right, uh, and then the Brock Supper's on the left. So we did two, and then when my marketing guys hit me up about it, they're like, oh, we need to do a beer for the rodeo. And being a longtime Houstonian, I was born here, I was like, okay, cool. Like, that, that sounds fun. What do you want to do? I pitched some ideas, and honestly, I, we're not going to get into them, but none of them made sense. Um, and I was like, all right, look, man, you want to do a rodeo beer? Do the thing that everybody remembers, mutton busting. And they were like, holy shit, I love mutton busting. Yeah, that's a great event. I was like, yeah, let's just do mutton busting. And, of course, they were like, oh, well, what are we going to do? And they had some weird ideas. So, for those of you who don't know, the way that breweries kind of work is you have your ops guys over here on the, I don't care if it's right or left, up or down, whatever, just one side. Let's call it side A. And you have your, you have your marketing guys over here on side B. Side A thinks, oh, I'm going to make this next greatest beer, and it's going to be awesome, and everybody's going to buy it because it's my next best beer. And then the marketing guys are like, that's stupid. Here's the beer we need to make because I came up with a cool name. And it's just, it's just life. It's, there's nothing wrong with any of it. It's just everybody has their own priorities. And so being in the position where I have to think about both, it, it creates a little weird. So when they're thinking about, like, oh, let's make this great beer for the rodeo, I'm thinking, okay, I have an idea for a beer because at rodeo we drink a lot, um, whether it be in the rodeo, actual rodeo, just partying for the rodeo, whatever the case may be. And you want to kind of keep your... Uh, facilities intact, as it were. And so that's where I came up with Mutt Bustin'. It's a dry hop wheat ale, and so it's about 40% wheat. Uh, the rest of it, the balance is basically Pilsner malt. But there's two beautiful German hops, Hauta Blanc and, and uh, Huel Melon, that bring a lot of great brightness to it. But the thing I don't like about wheat is a lot of times it can get sweet. And so instead I let it ferment out completely so that way it's dry. So it's a really nice, easy-drinking, approachable beer, 5.5%, 20 IBUs, all put in the Whirlpool. So you get a really nice, bright pineapple character, but very easy to approach, not overbearing. And that's what Mutton Bustin' is, because Mutton Bustin' is a great event. Everybody can participate in it. Everybody <laughs> loves it. And it's just really, really fun. And that's the whole point. Whereas on the counter to that, when I looked at my marketing guys, I said, okay, well, I want to do a big, uh, you know, Nakia in the uh, nether regions beer. Um, they said, well, what are you talking about? And I said, look, I want to be- do a big West Coast-style double old school. Simcoe's Chinook Centennial 3 older, old school-style hops. going to be very, very fun. Big, 9.5%, 100 IBUs. I want to do that. And they said, what are you going to call it? I said, you're the marketing guys. Um, I'd call it probably something dumb, and you're going to laugh at me. And so they came up with the idea of Bronx Stomper. And Bronx Stomper's cool because it hit me immediately. That's what you used to call a guy who used to break Bronx. Well, if you know anything about breaking a Bronx horse, usually most of the time you get your ass kicked. Mm. Um, and that's what's really fun. A big 9.5%, 100 IBU double, West Coast style double. That's exactly what we used to do. We drank those. We'd get messed up. And it was really, really fun, but it was a great beer. And that's what we did with it. Very simple malt bill, not overbearing on the malt. Simcoe Chinook Centennial. Old school hops, but very flavorful, delicious kind of beer. But it will knock you on your on your ass. Nice and bitter, nice and alcoholic, not a problem. However, you don't notice the alcohol, which is what really makes it dangerous. Which is exactly the way it should be. So, very very fun beers coming out. This should be out in about mid February. We have these. We have whatever's left in those two kegs until I come out with it. And so that's why it's fun to keep uh, drinking on them. And I think you just pull off some more mutton. So. 
Um, but that's, that's the beers we have, and it's going to be really fun. We have a whole fun release calendar. Those are the ones I'm really excited about. It's going to be out in package and draft, and uh, it's going to be a fun time. This one is, uh, like you said, you get a little pineapple, but it's not super sweet. Very, very easy to drink. That's, that's the intention with Mutton Busting. Again, just like the event, you want to be able to just like look at it, accept it, have fun with it. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, we've, so far on the show, we've talked about a couple heavy issues, barrel aging, spirits, different things like that. Beer, as well as spirits, is meant to be fun. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes people, like, you know, I get caught, it's, it's my business. And so a lot of times I think about this and I think about that aspect of it. But at the end of the day, <laughs> we're in a fun business. Like, it's, it's, a, it's about having some fun. And so is mutton busting. It's, it's about fun. No kid's going to, like, really leave there just, like, downtrodden. At the oh, end of man, only yeah. held on for three yeah, seconds. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's not meant to be. It's meant to be pretty fun. You see that either, the, either that sheep got the better of the kid, maybe the kid got the better of the sheep. Pretty funny either way. And that's what's meant to be had because beer is meant to be fun. It's meant to be drank. It's meant to be enjoyed. And that's something that I think on Drink of Ages you, you typically preach about, and I, I'm going to reinforce it. Beer is fun. Do, don't make it too complicated for yourself. You like it, drink it. You don't like it, don't drink it. It's cool. Like you don't No matter like, what beer it is, just, just it in, doesn't matter. Hopefully you enjoy it. That's what we want. Who brewed it or anything else? Just, I mean, just yeah, live life, have fun. Give it a shot. If you, if you try a beer, you order a beer, you're like, well, actually, I didn't like that. Drink it. Move on. It's, it, you'll never have to have it again. It's okay. Like it, It's cool. And that's, but that's, that's a fun thing that, that sometimes gets lost. Uh, it's definitely lost a lot. <clears throat> but... But I see more and more, I see it, the pendulum always swings and it's swinging kind of back towards just like, hey, everybody, the people that used to sit there and gripe the most about beer is they're going, hey, man, it's just a beer. So it's like, yeah, that's perfect, man. Just keep saying that and well, drink, is. just drink beer and enjoy it. Hang now, out, the button busting at the rodeo is, is like the premier event. I, mean, you, I you, think so. When... Yeah, you. Watch, I have a friend of mine up in Longview, and his son does it. He's a little bitty man, and, and he sends the videos, and he'll he'll hold on as tight as he can, and it, it doesn't even it just runs straight. And there's like I can't hold on anymore, yeah. and get stepped on and everything. And you know sometimes they hit the wall and fall off, and it, it's just exciting watching kids get beat up by animals. It's the best, especially <laughs> when it's fun. They have a helmet, so they're good. Yeah, they have helmets, all that good stuff. Yeah, their cantaloupes, their cantaloupes covered. So, I mean, what else could you ask for? Now, but this beer is really good, though. I like the I like the the fact that you just let it sit for a little longer to dry out. Because yeah. weed beers, you could turn. I mean, how long does it take? If you wanted to make a weed beer, you could have one out in ten days. Well, like Lucy or Hefeweizen, it's done in about four. Four days. Uh, but this beer actually takes closer to eight mm-hmm. in terms of fermentation time, just because. Of the way it's done, <laughs> but you know it, it. It's the way that I would like to see it portrayed for this particular style. A dry hop weed ale, where you're looking for like some flavor from the hops and not looking for flavor, a whole lot of malt backbone. It, the reason why I did the wheat instead of just like a straight, just maybe I don't know, pale ale or something like that, is that wheat does a little bit of body. It lets the hops sit on something. Um, and especially since we're doing it at cooler temperatures, where we were looking for flavor, I think it really helps add to that. The flavor we weren't looking for, there's a little bit there, but the flavor we didn't want to accentuate was that weedy flavor, just because it is sweet. And uh, I just think that would have been mistaken. But hey, look, there's a lot of hoppy wheats out there. That's just the way I portray it, and I think it really worked for what we're trying to do. I think it tastes really good. And uh, started off the day with the double IPA. <laughs> yeah, you went straight, you went straight <laughs> for Bronx. Yeah, I was like, let's go big and work our way down. 
So well, I mean, it, it, hey, you know, you know, some people are like, no, I'm gonna work my way to it. Some people, like John, are like, seize the day. Uh, you well, may as well start there and just like let it roll. Well, if you start at the top, gravity, you know, takes it place, and you just kind of so work your way. It makes makes going down downhill is always easier than uphill. It's true. It's true. Worse on the knees, but better easier. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you want to go from from a single to a double to a triple to a session to a pale ale to a single to a double. That, yeah, I mean it's it's cyclical, really. Yeah, um, just make your way around. Don't here. So the secret is don't stop drinking. Um, I don't know what we were talking about for this, but I think it's important to say that. <laughs> Stay hydrated. Uh, the tap room, the tap room you guys have up there is an amazing place. You guys have a lot of land. Uh, got 14 acres. So 14 acres, a lot of great things happening, and it's a good 20-minute drive from downtown Houston. So It's not bad. It looks a little bit scarier on a map than it would be, but luckily 59 moves quick. So come on out and see us. We'd love to have you. Uh, we have a really great time. Always fun one-off beers there that you probably won't see in market. Otherwise, we just have a good time. Um, we actually have our next anniversary party coming up in April. Uh, I know that's a weird thing to say, being that it's January, but everybody's already up my ass about what I'm going to be brewing. And so uh, we always have some fun one-off beers for that. You came last year, so thank you, John. We had a good time. We did. Um, I think Matchroom is going to make a repeat, and so that is a 8.5% uh, kettle-soured uh, ale. It's a dark ale with, uh, with, with some fruit, so it's a really interesting beer, but really fun stuff. So we always try to ha- make it fun. So... But uh, never be bashful. Come on out and see us. We always have a great time. Speaking of anniversaries, do you know next month, February, will be eight years of doing the show? That's excellent. That's crazy. What are we going to do for it? I don't know yet. That's how I don't plan anything right. Wait, have you done Funk Fest in a while? I haven't done like, Funk Fest in a I long mean, time. I mean, like, that would be very fun. Hmm. Oh, uh, there it is. Yeah, so I'd- we need funky beers. Let's get we we hey look we can call Jester King up we can call Yazoo up we get Brandon Jones to come down here we get some funky beers do something fun uh, yeah I don't know I just just popped in my head uh, yeah I needed I drive my wife crazy because I never plan anything very uh, in advance and so she's like it's she's like she's going to listen to the show and she's like, you're planning your anniversary party on your show that's a month away <laughs> but when's your anniversary with Kelly. That is in August, so I, I so do remember that. I got plenty of time. Sorry, Kelly. This this has to come first. When we're done with this, he will start planning your anniversary, at least in absolute theory. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, no, it's always a good time up there in Back Pew. Uh, badass brewery, really, really good beers, and I mean just a just killer location, man. Ta- the fun. tap room, a lot of good times happen. So if you've yeah, never been, go up there and check them out. I'm there usually, uh, every day except Sunday. So you can you can find me there at some point. Sometimes you'll find John there. You just never know. You never know what's happening. Sometimes I sneak in. He does. Very incognito. <laughs> well, appreciate you coming and hanging out, man. It's always fun. Thanks for having me, man. Hanging out with Bobby, man. Bobby Harrell from Backview Brewing Company. Uh, we have to get chicken soon because of our last show. We were talking oh, we were about chicken. To, yeah, we were supposed to go to Gus's. We need, we need to go to Gus's. We yeah. still wait to not supposed to. We will go. We just haven't made it yet. But we, we will go soon. Next week. Oh, actually, I have a better plan for us. Okay. For Chicken Wings. Riverbend Country Club. Next week. Some of the best chicken wings you will ever eat. By far. 
And we might even play some golf. I'm good at drinking beer, so yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, buddy. Appreciate you, buddy, hanging out. I uh, want to thank everybody for listening. Man. Everybody be safe out there. DJ Muskratch and uh, myself want to thank everybody. I think I already thanked everybody like 25 times. want to thank everybody for listening uh, to this week's show. Thank you, DJ Muskratch. And uh, you'll listen in the old show sponsored by No Label Brewing Company by going to drinkofages.com. SoundCloud, iTunes, and other places on the internet, and everybody be safe. Next week we're gonna have a fun show. Stop by the brewer, stop by Drink of Ages on Wednesday night. Devil and Deep's gonna be up here. They're coming all the oh. way from Galveston. Come hang out, and we're gonna have Scottatrophics up here playing some badass music. So everybody be safe out there. Go Rockets. Go Texans. Talk to everybody next week. <laughs>